everyone. This is Emmanuel, your certified emotion code body code practitioner. So grateful to be with you today. Uh, it is February 8th, 2022. I want to share with you guys something very sacred, something very special to me that I hold dear to my heart. I didn't want to write anything down specifically. I just wrote some bullet points about this because I wanted to just kind of share from my heart and uh, hopefully this will help out people who are uh, in the journey to become uh, a certified emotion code or body code practitioner. Maybe you're a Reiki healer or maybe you're a Theta healer. Any type of healer out there, um, this message is for you. And I just want to talk from my heart and um, I hope you really feel the love I have for you. And I hope you feel that it's not easy for me to go on podcasts all the time. Uh, it is a struggle to come out here. There's many things from the other side that don't want me to share my message. I refuse to listen to them and I refuse to um, give in and not share something that is good and helpful and will bring light to this world. And that's what I came here for is to follow in the footsteps of my savior and to add light, to bring salt to the earth and uh, I'm going to do it until my heart stops. And even when my heart stops, I'm going to still keep doing it. And I want to share with you guys a story about me getting chased by a wolf in Yosemite when I was about 12 years old. And this, um, I want to share kind of what that has to do with you as a healer. Like, so what? What if, what if that happened to you? What does that mean? Why are you sharing this with us? Well, there's a couple of things. The steps and where it happened and the steps and how it happened and when it happened, there were five different things that stick out to me. And when I think about these five things, it reminds me of the steps that you will experience as a healer, period. And if you're not ready to go through these five things, then I'm here to prepare you for it because you deserve to be a healer. You deserve to help people. And there's no reason why you can't be out there just like myself sharing this beautiful message that there is a better way. So the first thing is this, is you want to write this down. If you're taking notes, you may get more from this than someone who is not taking notes because we literally retain 10 to 15% unless you've done a body code session where you retain 100%. But for the most part, if you're human like myself, you will retain 5 to 10%. And I want to congratulate you for that. But if you take notes, you can come back to it later on today and you can review the information and it'll be very beneficial to you. So the first thing is this, is um, write down taken, taken. So when my parents, they decided to go to Yosemite, I was taken there. When we grow up in life, we're taken to a school. When we grow up in life, we're taken to a religion. If we let people take us somewhere, maybe we'll never realize who we really are. No one asked me, do you want to go to Yosemite? I just went there because that's where my parents wanted to go. And you might think, well, yeah, you're a child. But the thing is, is what if I told you that we're children to many other non-legal parents out there, non-legal custodians, people out there lead us all the time because they decided to do that. They made a decision that they're going to be a leader. 
And because we didn't make a decision to be a leader, we automatically fall into default, which is a follower. The problem is, is if you've been doing too much following in your life, you probably are not happy. There's something missing. You don't know what it is. I'll tell you what it is. You were born to be a leader. You made a conscious decision to come to this earth, to have progress, to become like the creator. And because you did that, because you are sons or daughters of the creator, then you understand that you are on that path to become exalted. And I think what's really interesting is that we have this issue with a complex, a complex of fall in line. And so we're all taken in some ways when we come to earth. Your parents take you places. Your school takes you to some places. Counselors take you to places. Psychologists take you to places. So I was taking you to Yosemite. We're living someone else's dream. We haven't made ours yet. Some of you guys who are listening to this, this is unbearable to listen to. And you're like, okay, I've, I'm in a job that I don't like, but I have to pay the bills. Or I'm in a relationship that I don't like, but I have to do this because I have children. I'm in a, I'm in a situation that I'm not really happy about, but my parents thought this was the best thing for me. And so what I'm trying to tell you is, is that we need to stop following. We need to start leading. As I was there in Yosemite, I was, I was outside this uh, condominium. And when that happened, I was really nervous uh, because, first of all, I've had a big fear of dogs when I was younger. Uh, I got chased by dogs. You know, randomly I'd go to someone's house and there'd be a dog chasing me and I'd be running around the table. I think my father gave me a dog once and it chased me around the pool and then I jumped in the pool. The dog jumped in the pool and then the dogs was saved by my father with that pool rod. And I realized I wasn't made to have a dog. And uh, when I saw a dog come up to me, which was a golden retriever, and uh, her name was Peppermint. can't believe I remember that. And what happened was is uh, we were about to go into our condominium, and all of a sudden, and we were just going to, again, this is like some type of uh, vacation or that my parents were going to. They were fighting the whole time in the car because my parents always fought. And uh, all of a sudden the dog came and I said, uh, wait a minute. I'm like, let me, let me see your dog tag. It was so friendly. And again, I was, usually I'm not this friendly to dogs, but this dog was super friendly that it uh, insisted that I become friendly to her. And I said, I, th- I think I know where this street is. I think I'm going to go up and go find it. And so I escaped. So maybe you're on the second level of becoming a healer. You're escaping. But you're not escaping from society. You're just escaping from like maybe what society taught you. Maybe you're escaping from the norm of what your friends know. Maybe you're escaping um, a religion that was passed down to you only because you it got passed down to you. You never questioned it. And it's okay. Now, if it's something that you can pray about and you can you can find out if there is some everlasting truth in it, then stay, obviously. Don't don't go. But I would just say there are a lot of people who are not escaping or not even testing an escape. And um, I mean, I did that. I was 26 years old and I have no time to talk about 
my spiritual journey. But if anyone's interested, you can always email me at compasshealingcenter at gmail.com and I can tell you a journey that I took at age 26. But what have you escaped that maybe it was better if you did escape? And what I did is like I escaped my family. I left them to do something good though. I'm not saying escape to do something bad, escape to do something good. And I escaped and I went to take this dog to give it to the owner. So I walked up the hill and it was really icy, very snowy over there at that time of the year. And I went all the way to the top of the hill and I saw this lady down there. So again, the, the second word is escape is maybe there's some things that you need to escape because you've been a follower for too long. Okay. I'm not going to accept the path of the taken. There might be an escape necessary, you know, escape into a book to learn more that you typically don't learn more. You, I, I had to escape into the emotion code book. That was not a book that my dad would ever read. My dad would never pick up a book like that. He is a straight up oncologist, hematologist, by the book, chemotherapy. There is no, that, that book would burn his hand if he read it. But I picked it up. I escaped to read a book that my dad wouldn't read so I can have what my father doesn't have, which is new information about quantum physics and how our, our world works and how bodies really work. So instead of band-aid, a ba- living a band-aid life, I want to find, I want to live a root cause life. I want to find out what's the root of things and to help people long term. So anyway, so I escaped my family to go visit this person. Guess what happened? I was on top of the hill and then all of a sudden the scariest thing happened. This lady said, oh, that's my dog. And I said, okay, cool. And she was way down there in the hill. She was doing barbecue. Guess what barbecue smells like while there's smoke coming out. There's a scary wolf that comes out from around nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. And it starts growling at her and she runs and she's like, oh my gosh, a wolf. And she runs inside her condominium and I'm left outside. And I'm 12 years old. There's a wolf staring at me. And then the dog is staring back at the wolf and they start growling at each other. And this is the first thing I said to myself. I said, I'm going to leave you guys two alone. I'm out of here. And I started running like so fast. I was slipping all over the place. I was in a panic mode. My somatic nervous system was probably not happy. My fight or flight was, all my blood was going to my vein, to my muscles. And I was running down the hill, super scared. And all of a sudden, I hear some dog footsteps behind me. And of course, I found other things following my dog, which is this wolf. And I began to panic. So what I did is I started knocking on people's condominium windows. See, sometimes when you escape... There are, t- there are people that are not going to follow you. Sometimes when you escape, there are some people like this lady who will leave you alone, not let you in their house. Too much fear. Sometimes when you escape, you're, you're knocking on condominium windows. No one wants to let you in. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to not be let into a place for safety? There's no success and safety. We weren't made to come to this earth to be safe. If we're going to fight with the darkness, we have to learn to embrace the lack of safety and to be able to look danger in the eyes and say, 
was born to defeat you. So I go up the stairs and I do something I've never done before. See, I grew up Catholic and we're taught our father who art in heaven, holy is your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. That's what I was used to. I, I was raised like that. But that prayer didn't comfort me. I never knew what it meant. No one told me. My fathers didn't even tell me what it meant. I guess I was taken for a while. And so I go up the stairs and I start praying for the first time on my knees at 12. I said, God, I don't even know how to dress him. It's like, God, I don't, I don't want to die here today. Like, I'll do anything. Just don't make me die today. I like, I, I'm so young. I haven't lived life yet. This is exactly the things I was saying. I'm like, please, like, just do something. Then all of a sudden I heard footsteps up the stairs and I literally thought this was the wolf. I'm like, this is where I die. I will get eaten by this thing. This thing was the scariest thing I've ever seen. And it wasn't the wolf. It was the dog. Kind of like happy, like really like, like looking happy, joyful. And I'm like, at least you're happy. Miserable. I'm about to die here. I'm having an anxiety attack. But then it was interesting. It was, there's voice came in that said, hold on. And then I remember grabbing the collar. I had this instinct to grab his collar and it just like was dragging me down the stairs. Like the dog wanted to go somewhere, but expecting the escape when things aren't going your way, when people aren't responding to you, people are not getting what you're getting. There's going to be a time. There's a saying where it says you're not a prophet in your own village. So the savior had to go through that. The savior had to go through a time where everyone was saying, wait a minute, is this the guy, wait, isn't this the son of the carpenter? Wait, they even said really mean things like this. Like nothing, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. It's like coming out of Compton, like or coming out of Inglewood. Or coming out of, um, you know, Detroit City or, or some very, some Brook, some very scary Brooklyn street. And you just say, nothing comes out of that street. Everyone knows that. Everyone who, that's a dead end street. People who come out of there, they usually die there. And then there's somebody coming around claiming they're the savior of the world and they came out of Nazareth, that poor place. Nothing, nothing good's come out of that place. Wait, isn't that the... That's the carpenter's son. I've seen him. I've seen his nose bleed. I've seen him trip and fall, and his legs hurt. How can he be the savior? He came as a lamb. He came to atone. He had a different mission. He didn't come here to save the Jews from from the tyranny from the Romans. That wasn't his mission. That's what they wished. That's their nighttime story. But that wasn't why he came. So you're gonna have times where they're like, "Wait a minute." Let's say your name is, you know, Jessica, like my wife. Wait, you worked at a dental office. Wait, now you have this machine called AOScan? Wait, what? Wait, you're Jessica. You used to be a dancer for the NBA, but now you do emotion code, body code, energy healing. What? Wait, you're a Christian. Wait, how could you do that? Again, people don't know what they don't know. They just don't know. And you have to be ready to say, I know something that you don't know. And truth is not truth is not going to set you 
is going to make you mad at first, but then it's going to set you free. We were willing to get mad. We were willing to not be right. There's a saying that by T. Harv Eker that says, you're, you're either rich or you're right, but you can't be both. You're either rich or you're right, but you can't be both. It's one of my favorite quotes. Why? Because too many people are trying to be right all the time, and then they're poor. Yeah, I'm right about you know health and everything, like that, but they're passing away of liver issues. Oh, I'm right about money, but it's like, yeah, but they have nothing in their account. I'm right about I'm right about being an entrepreneur, but they're not even an entrepreneur. They teach business, but they don't do business. So a lot of people talk the talk. They don't walk the walk. One of my friends used to say, make sure the tongue in your mouth matches the one in your shoes. But you'll have people say, wait, weren't you this before? Now you're a healer now? Who do you think you are? You know why? Because in high school, they never they were never taught how to compliment someone. In high school, they didn't teach you how to like not compare yourself to other people. The only thing that you learn in high school is to cut people down because you don't know how to raise yourself up. So because we were trained like that, the only thing we can do so we don't feel inferior to anyone is to cut their tree down, to cut their building down so yours looks taller. Just know that. Last thing I want to share with you is that in the book Think and Grow Rich, it talks about the 500 most successful people that were interviewed by Napoleon Hill, and they said all this, this one main thing. They said that people who... If you want to fail in life, then listen to your friends, family, and neighbors. It's the number one cause of failure is that people listen to their friends, family, and neighbors. These people had to escape their programming. Now, I'm not saying leave your family. I'm not saying leave your friends. But question everything. Question, question how they question you. Hey, why am I on trial? Why aren't you on trial? Escape. It's really important. So this prayer made me realize that this, I was going to be used real quick. It led me to this rose bush. And in this rose bush, I, I was told another thing. It said, grab him and jump. Gra- or grab her and jump. Or grab it and jump. I'm not sure what was said. Something around grab her and jump or pick her up and jump. I was like, what? Pick her up and jump over a thorn bush? This thorn bush was like five feet tall. But I knew on the opposite side of the thorn bush, there was some sliding down of the snow. And then there's going to be the street. So I realized that this was my way out. It was my way back to the condominium. But there's no way I can jump over that. And behind me, guess what I guess what I heard? I heard a wolf again. So guess what I did is I picked up this dog and I jumped over this rose bush. Now, no one will believe me when I say this, but I literally jumped five feet with a dog. That doesn't make any sense. So prayer. Number three is prayer. So number one is taken, number two is escape, and number three is prayer. You need to rely on prayer. The same way you go call your dad on the weekends, the same way you call your dad every day, you call another father too. Can you imagine going to going to having your son or your daughter go to college and they never contact you? That's exactly how our creator feels all the time. 
I'm sending you there to, so you can mature and grow. But man, I, I really miss him. I really miss Emmanuel. I really miss Jessica. I really miss whoever's listening to this. I really miss you. And we just don't communicate. But prayer is essential. I don't know if that miracle would have happened of me jumping over that thorn bush if it wasn't for prayer. But then I realized, I'm like, I'm still helping out this dog. Forget about me. I'm saving this dog from getting eaten by a wolf. So I realized one thing is that I'm not the hand. This is powerful. If you really want to get to a new spiritual place of when, in your healing journey, and when you do healing on people, I love what Dr. Brad says. He says, I just work down here. That's one of his classic lines. If you ever compliment Dr. Brad, hear what he says. He always says, I just work down here. What is he saying? There's someone working up there. And he just happens to work down here. He doesn't say that all the time because it's a long sentence. That's what he's trying to say. So then this is what I learned through prayer is that I am the glove, not the hand. We're all, we can all be used by God. So we're not the hand. God's, that's God's hand. Or you're the shoe and and you're, and then inside of you is God's foot. And you move the kingdom forward. You want Jesus to run? Become the shoe. You're not the foot. So then from then on, that prayer was so essential to me. I have a ring right now, my middle finger of a wolf. And it reminds me of that sacred prayer at age 12 that I need to know who I rely on. Okay, so when you're doing your practice, and you're, there's going to be times where you're like, oh, I don't need to pray, and you know, i got to do this session real quick. I, there's gonna, trust me, I've, I've had those times. But since day one, all the way till now, I've never asked, I've never not asked for help, ever. Ever. Even if it was the shortest two-second prayer, I always asked for help. This is essential. But don't let pride come in the way. After five, six years, you're doing really well. You're going to say, no, I don't need to pray. I could do it. I could do it just myself. Be careful where you're walking now. Number four is miracles. Write down miracles. You will find many times when divinity intervenes, angels helping. I don't know if an angel picked me up and went over the thorn bush. I don't care. But there will be times where heaven seeps through. If you... Help enough people and you're in the flow of things. Allow heavenly things to happen or if you hear a prompting about something. Um, I remember one time I was working with a client and I felt some hands on my head. I might have mentioned this before. And it was a touching thing and I just, I'm like, whose hands are on me? Then I asked her, I said, did you, is your mom alive? I knew she was passed away, but I I felt she was passed away. No, my mom's passed away. Okay. Did she ever give you blessings at all? Like, put her hand on your head. Yeah, she did. Okay. And then I told I, I, I had the courage. You think I had fear to, like, say, you know what? I'm not going to ignore this. I'm not going to say anything about this. I sound so weird. No. I said, I have to tell her. Why would she... How sad would it be that the mom came here to give me a blessing and I won't even tell her daughter that I'm getting one? This may help her spirituality journey out. I'm not going to miss out on this. It's an opportunity to teach about God, about his kingdom, and how 
how spirits are close to us, how angels are close to us, how the veil, there is a veil over our eyes, but that doesn't mean the, the spirit world isn't here. I, this, is, this is a good time to share this. This is a, a moment of edification, not a moment to depreciate uh, life in itself. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. So I had to say it. And she was like, thank you for sharing. Another woman was smelling some incense in a session or, or some sort of uh, uh, essential oil. She's like, oh, I hate this oil. Oh, gosh. I'm like, who wore that oil? Or who, like, what does that oil remind you? It reminds me of my mom. I had to say something. Your mom's here. Like, she showed up at the end of your session. How beautiful is that? You were just trying to get healing about her. And she, the only way you would remember that it's her is that she allowed this essential oil smell to show up at your place. And it's one that you don't even like, which that's a fact that it's her. It's not a, it's like a beautiful, it's not a beautiful lavender smell. It was something else. And she said, Oh, I hate when my mom used to wear this oil on herself. I'm like, well, your mom's here. How does that make you feel? So there's going to be some miracles that show up during your sessions. It would be, I behoove you to just, whenever there's a prompting, there's a thought, there's something you can bring to the table, even though you have fear inside, you're like, oh no, this is, she's going to think I'm weird or she's going to think, what is she going to say after I say this? You lose, you lose more when you don't say it. You have everything to gain when you share heavenly things. You have everything to gain when you're prompted to talk to someone and say something. The only time you lose is, they say the beginning of hell is when God shows you all the things that you could have done. I'll say that one again. The beginning of hell begins when God shows you all the things you could have done in your life and you didn't do it. So miracles, that's number four. Number five is ridicule. I came back home or to the condominium and I love my mom. And if you're hearing me, I know she is. Um, but she was mad at me, you know, I wanted to come home and get comfort and I got, I got a hug from her, but you know how Hispanics go. It's like half a hug, half a yell. She was like, what are you doing out there? I told you not to go out. You know, it's just, it's not what I needed. It's not what I needed. I needed comfort. So as a healer, you're going to think you can go back to your friends sometimes or to your family sometimes and Get comfort, you know? They might even use your career to say, oh, well, it's because you chose this career. That's why you're going through this. That's why you feel depressed. You're not doing the right thing. What are you doing? Go back to work. You're going to get ridicule. It's going to happen. My mom ridiculed me for trying to help out this dog and bring her back to someone. She was mad at me. Why? It's because my mom was being hard on herself for saying, how did I let my son escape for an hour? See, and then it comes out as anger towards me, which means my mom had baggage. So when you, you as a healer, you'll be working on yourself every single week. You're going to come back to a home of family members that don't believe in healing. You're going to be in a different place. And this is, and my biggest reminder is not to be judgmental, not to say I'm better than you. I have 386 healings underneath me. It's only been six years. You don't say that to people. You just, you elevate. And if they talk down to you, you elevate them. 
If they don't understand something, you make it understandable. You're a peacemaker. We're supposed to be peacemakers. But just expect it. Ridicule. People who don't, when they don't understand something, they ridicule it. And that's what author Schopenhauer said, a very successful German businessman. He says that, that, that truth goes through three stages. It's, I don't even remember the, all three of them, but they, it goes through three stages. Um, it's ridiculed. Oh, there it is. It's ridiculed. It's violently opposed. And then it becomes self-evident. It becomes ridiculed, violently opposed. This, this isn't like a, eh, I'm against you. It's violently opposed. This is what truth has to go through. And the third one is it becomes self-evident. So those are the five things. If you want to be a true healer, if you want to really impact people, just know that maybe you lived a life where you were taken. Number two, plan your escape. Number three, use prayer every day. Number four, expect miracles. Don't be shy to talk about them. Number five, expect ridicule, but send love to those who ridicule you. So hopefully you gained some insight on this. Grateful I got to share my story. And uh, feel free to comment um, on this below. If you're on Apple iTunes, maybe you'll leave a review about this podcast. Maybe it helped you out in your journey. Or um, I'm also on Anchor too. You can always leave a voice message on Anchor and I'll listen to it. So if you want to send me a message through there or you download Anchor and you can send a message to me, a private voice message to me about what a question or a comment about this podcast. But Hopefully you're enjoying this podcast. Hopefully this adds value to you. And I look forward to doing a podcast tomorrow. Thank you for listening. And I appreciate all of you. And know that you deserve to be a healer.